The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What pretty. is good, everybody? Welcome to another SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero alongside RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys and Brandon Lee Godwin from BGN. Just uh, having a little arguing about Survivor, the worst show on television. Oh, come What's on. What's up, guys? Oh, dude. Wow. Seriously. What a loser. Brandon, happy Friday to you. Um, shout out G-G-I-F. to you, I suppose. Um, Cassidy oh, geez, Rob. Don't, you're spoiling the show. It's RJ, been, it's been like over you. 24 hours. People, you know. That's a terrible job by you, RJ. That's an awful, awful job, and I don't even care about that show at all. But you can't just say 24 hours now I could spoil everything. That's the yeah, rule. Some people That's need to catch up on the weekend, though. It's like we're not even at the weekend yet. Okay, if you want, we can edit that part of the podcast, mm-hmm. out of the podcast. So we, Nice of you to make Steven do extra work. Right? No, I mean, I, I, I know that Steven cares about people, and Steven cares about people more than any of us, certainly more than stats. And so I, I, think, I, I trust that Steven um, will make a judgment call, and I trust his judgment on this particular thing. Boy, that was not a good way to start the show. Let's try and redeem ourselves going forward. We are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code S. NFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you are new to the program, first of all, thank you. We are going to preview every game on the Sunday slate. We'll do our pick three locks of the week. But before we do, Thursday night football, gentlemen, 49ers get the 21 to 13 win over the Seattle Seahawks. They clinch the NFC West, they clinch a top three seed in the conference. It's good to be a 49ers fan right now, as you guys will do everything you can to poo-poo the victory from last night. Uh, well, uh, you have yet to walk into a lake or jump into a lake, so I don't know that this even really counts. Um, it was um, an impressive win that they almost blew. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, kind of a scary end there uh, for for the Niners faithful. What is, it, what is it? The faithful, right? That's the thing. Um yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, seriously, what an impressive season. Like, I, I don't know why we don't pay attention to things like this, but Kyle Shanahan should be firmly in the discussion for coach of the year. Like, like to pull this off, uh, as a Cowboys fan, I'm very grateful that the Niners are entrenched in within the top three seeds because it does look more likely than anything else that Dallas will be the top wildcard team. And I am very, very afraid 
of this 49ers team. The Christian McCaffrey trade, look at that. It worked out. Like we all kind of thought that was a, a panic sort of thing. Um, this team rolls. Um, they are very, very impressive. And like no matter who is gone, who whoever it is, they will find a way. And I really respect that. I think Brock Purdy has obviously done a great job relative to expectation for what he is coming in. Um, stats, I know you were hating on him at one point last night. But uh, overall, I mean, it's not just him, too. I mean, like some of these throws he's making, just wide open targets. Wide open. Wide open. That George Kittle second touchdown, which also just amazing yards after the catch on that play. Like how many players score a touchdown on that play? Um, so, yeah, he's certainly getting a lot of help. But to his credit, he's making some legit throws, too. Again, especially relative to expectation. I mean, the star of the show for the 49ers is clearly their defense, which has just been shut down, lights out, dominant, um, really since they they got blown out by the Chiefs, which, you know, good team, good offense in Kansas City. So nothing to sneeze at there. Um, Yeah, so really, really impressive win by the 49ers, who I think at this point, clearly the second best team in the NFC behind the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) <laughs> and always always find a way to get the Eagles love in there. I do respect that. Christian McCaffrey had 35% of the team's yards last night. And it was like, I just kept thinking, what if they didn't have him? Then you'd have Debo Samuel out. Then you're like, oh man, now I'm really, you know, nervous about this game. Instead, they lean on Christian McCaffrey. And this defense is it's unreal. I said last night on the Niners Nation Instant Reaction Show, it's like bumpers, gutter bumpers at a bowling alley. Like, no matter what the offense does, there they are, just making you feel good, steering you back in the right direction, keeping you in the game. Like, the 49ers offense for most of the game last night was not that great. They really weren't. But this defense has given up 17 points or fewer to seven straight teams. They get a massive, massive turnover right before the half. Brock Purdy throws what should have been an interception with two minutes left, and the Seahawks drop it. Then they get the ball back. They fumble the ball. The Niners return it to, like, the two-yard line. Christian McCaffrey runs it in for a touchdown, and then the first possession the Niners got in the third quarter, they score after two plays. Kick return to the 40-yard line. Christian McCaffrey run, busted coverage to George Kittle. It goes from 7-3 to 21-3, to and the game is over at that point. And it's just because this defense, no matter what's going on with the offense, they always bring it and they always bring it at an elite level. I know this was inconsequential um, on the Seattle side of things. Um, and I, I'm curious for y'all's thoughts on the Seahawks as a whole, because they're really fading right now. Um, you're down 15. You score a touchdown in the final minutes of a game. You go for two. This is so stupid. I don't know how we are at a place in life in football, in the NFL, where people do not know this. And I tweeted it, and I still got a lot of responses. No, no, you you delay. You keep it a one-possession game. You keep momentum going. No, the whole purpose <laughs> of, of going for two then is information. You have to know as soon as possible if you have that two-point conversion. Um, not to make this about the Cowboys, but you both remember the Cowboys-Falcons game from two years ago, the watermelon kick. Dallas went for two early in the exact same situation and did not get it. And because they did not, they knew they had to play with a higher level of urgency that they might not have known if they had waited and not gotten it several minutes later as far as the game clock is concerned. So, Pete Carroll, your old manness came back, um, not to bite you, but it was embarrassing nonetheless. I think the Seahawks are definitely kind of turning into the Seahawks we expected them to be (laughs) this year, um, earlier in the year. I mean, look at their last five. They're one and four with losses to the Bucks, who don't look good, and that was on a neutral field. Then they lost they uh, they lost to the Raiders at home. They lost to the Panthers at home, and they uh, just lost to the 49ers, which is not 
you know, anything to sneeze at. Once again, I'll use that turn of phrase, but it was at home. So they, they haven't even played a road game in this stretch, um, except for their, I guess, their one close, too close for comfort victory over John Wolford. Like that's their one win. <laughs> so yeah, like they've been, they're not a good team right now. They have collapsed out of the NFC playoff picture. It's not impossible that they can still make it, um, but they're certainly, you know, their stock is trending down while teams like, you know, I think the commanders could be on the up. Um, the Lions, who really needed this Seahawks loss, and we're rooting for that, um, could certainly be surging here. So, uh, yeah, not trending in the right direction. The offense for Seattle has just really kind of failed them. They had the, the ter- one turnover last night, but Geno really just has not been able to counter what the defenses are now doing. They adjusted to him, and he has not been able to come up with a counterpunch to that. They had one play last night over 20 yards. They scored one offensive touchdown in eight quarters against the 49ers this year. And Seattle's defense is just not good enough to carry a team. when If their offense is not putting up points, they just have no shot because you can run the ball all over this Seahawks defense. And look, this is still a good year for Seattle. No one thought they were going to be anywhere close to the playoffs. But I think if I were a Seahawks fan, I would be a little disappointed because you were right there in the heart of it. And now, like you said, BLG, they're just they're really kind of trying to just tread water to keep their head above the playoff line here. It's a big win, too, because you've disconnected yourself from Russell Wilson. You are huge winners in that trade. You have the capital, obviously, coming from the Broncos in that sense. But I do think that we all probably think they're falling out of the playoff picture. Next week, okay, now you got to pick yourself up. you got to go to Arrowhead. Holy crap. You know what I mean? Like, what a, what a tough way to rebound from this. Um, and then next game's at home, but it's against the Jets, who are obviously in the mix for uh, a playoff mm-hmm. spot themselves. Um, I do think Brandon and I talked about this on the NFC East mixtape this week. I do think the Brian Dable tie is is going to be the difference. I, I think that's probably going to separate the Giants and the Seahawks at the very end of this thing, as far as the seven and eight seed are concerned. Unless obviously Detroit, you know, kind of just storms up and takes that spot from everybody. Um, but but that is it. And it, to be very clear, the decision to like play for the tie was super lame, and I don't exonerate it in any way, shape, or form. But it will live in some people's minds as like this will serve as justification, right? Like this is why you go for the tie because it splits the difference in some really important ways. No, why, I mean ties win. never feel good in the moment, but they do generally help you. No, you play to win the game. You don't play to tie the game. You're right, but like even if so, we all think the Giants. I know mean, we're going to pick this game, but the Giants are going to lose to the Commanders on Sunday night. We all think that, right? Even if they do, they're still ahead of Seattle because of the tie. Like you know what I'm saying? And then if they lose to Minnesota next week, when the Seattle Seahawks lose to to the Chiefs, they're still ahead of them because of that tie. Like, yeah, I, but that says I, more I'm, about I'm, the Seahawks like collapsing than it does the Giants being smart. It, I agree with you. It, it, it's really lame. Like, that's the best word for it. Like, it's not stupid. I mean, but it, it is lame uh, and boring and lacks the killer instinct that we thought Brian Dable had early in the season. But that literally is the difference. If he had played for the win and it had blown up in his face because this Giants team is bad, he would be trailing this Seahawks team and they would be on the outside looking in saying, man, if we had just played for that tie. Think, I mean, think about it. Last week, Justin Herbert was begging for a tie. Brian Dable got one. <laughs> I agree. If you if you just say, oh, well, they should have gone for the win and you take the loss out of the equation, of course, a win is better than a tie. But the loss was part of the possibilities mm-hmm. there. They avoided that and they're reaping the benefits of it now. All right. Yeah. Did you have something else, PLG? Well, coming from the guy who says field goals are failures. Ties they are, are failures. Ties are successes, but field goals are failures. Stats, uh, my last question for you is, what is the ceiling on this Niners team in your mind? Do we think, any of us, that they can leapfrog and take the two seed? 
I mean, do we? Oh, yeah. yeah they, they, well, they certainly can't take the one seed at this point. But I mean, like beyond that, like even if they can take the two seed, what is there? Do you this can this team win the Super Bowl? You famously said that they could win it last year with with rookie Trey Lance, which was wrong. Um, can they win the Super Bowl this year with rookie Brock Purdy? Well, this is why, though, right? Like, is Brock Purdy doing anything extraordinary? No, no. But the team, in spite of that, sent everything they had for a quarterback, even though they didn't have to. Clearly. Amazon Prime tweeted out something last night. Brock Purdy has thrown 62% of his passes to open receivers. Like, that's why I thought they were going to be so good with Trey Lance. This is what we were supposed to see from Trey Lance, right? Rookie quarterback, using his mobility, hitting the gimme throws to open receivers. The Niners can definitely take the two seed. In fact, if the Vikings mm. lose tomorrow, the Niners are the two seed. Um, and can they win the Super Bowl if they didn't have this incredible, amazing elite defense that doesn't give up any points and gets turnovers? I would say they have no shot. But if this defense is going to play at this level where you only have to score 17 points to win a game, I would say, yeah, they got a shot. I'm not totally convinced on the two seed thing just because, I, again, I do think the Vikings are the second best team in the conference. But just for talking about seeding, I mean, the, the Vikings host uh, the Colts and then the Giants, and then they're on the road against the Packers and the Bears uh, to close out the season. So I don't know if the 49ers are going to make up ground in that respect. Um, then again, the 49ers only, they get to play the Commanders. I think that'll be a close game, though, on Christmas Eve, and then they um, will be away for the Raiders and then host the Cardinals. So not impossible, but I don't know that it's like likely. It's definitely possible with their third-string rookie quarterback, which is just absolutely absurd. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, Gentlemen, I don't know if you noticed this. I've hit my lock of the week. Two straight weeks, baby. I'm feeling it. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm in the zone now. I'm coming for you, RJ, for that second place spot. Uh, our locks of the week brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't appreciate the mocking tone from the peanut gallery over here. I have it at two straight weeks. Have I not? Am I lying? I don't think that's why he's mocking you. I think he's mocking you because you're like you're super pumped to be coming for the second place yeah, that's position. It. Huh? Hey. You got to climb the ladder one rung at a in time. A, in, a, in a competition with three people, just to be very clear, like for the purposes of all the information. That's fine. Uh, last week, week 14, BLG had the Lions minus two and a half. That was a win. I had That was Eagles my all-time minus... lock this season. <laughs> like I, I had 100% confidence it was happening. I had the Eagles minus seven over the Giants. That was a win. RJ took the Steelers minus two over the Ravens. That was the only loss of the week. BLG, you are still... Reigning supreme, nine and five on the year. RJ Ooh. is six, six and two, and I am four, eight and two. BLG, what do you like this week? So if I get this right, I clinch. Is that the case? With uh, at least for the regular season, obviously. Yeah, we got to go through the playoffs. Through the and playoffs, all. but I will at least win the regular season. I go into the playoffs with the top. Now bragging about go. second place in a three-man competition over here. Um. So uh, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals, three and a half at the Buccaneers. Bucks vibes are so bad uh, i trust the Bengals. joe burrow to me is one of the most intim intimidating quarterbacks in the nfl right now um mm. I, put, I put a lot of trust in him um I, I like what they've been able to do in the run game they have that available to them um so i just trust the the um the Bengals right now who i think are surging 
in the AFC North, kind of just waiting for that Baltimore slip up so they can kind of uh, get back or at least get back into position to be in first with a win when they play the Ravens again. And I feel good about that game and their chances of beating them. Uh, the Bengals are the third ranked team by rushing DVOA, only behind the aforementioned Ravens and the Eagles. So um, I think that kind of gets slept on because, you know, Burrow and their ability to pass, but they can also run the ball too. RJ? Well, I know, you know, you were feeling like second place. I don't know if that meant that you were going to get to go in second place here. Um, I am actually second place. Um, something you didn't really mention. Um, I thought about taking the Minnesota Vikings here uh, because I cannot believe the line. It's so embarrassing that they are barely favored against the Indianapolis Colts. But um, that felt too easy. Um, I am not somebody who puts a lot of stock into what people say after press conferences. But do you guys remember after the Bills lost to the Patriots last year on Monday Night Football? Was it Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer got all pissed off and they they for like being questioned about like, you know, their toughness or whatever. And then they came out and just like throttled the rest of the regular season and the early part of the playoffs. Um, this past week, Josh Allen told that his offense doesn't look like a Super Bowl caliber one. OK, like I kind of trust Josh Allen to take that super personally. Um, again, I, I think that's a weird thing to, to grasp onto. But beyond that, the Buffalo Bills are obviously an amazing team. The Dolphins kind of like the Seahawks. I think we're starting to see them hit that ceiling that we saw. Early in the season, everyone except for Brandon, obviously. Bills, seven-point favorites at home against the Dolphins. Buffalo's sneakily grinding out some impressive games and some impressive performances, and I think we're due for like a full Josh Allen sort of game. Seven-point favorites against the Dolphins. I will take Buffalo. I'm kind of along the same lines as you, RJ, with the people getting angry. I think Patrick Mahomes does not like the fact that everybody wants to give the MVP to Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Mahomes did not have his best game last week. I think he's a little ticked off. You know, we don't really talk about this side of Mahomes' personality, but, like, he does have a little bit of that, like, I don't know what you want to call it. It's not being conceited, but, like, he wants his flowers, and he deserves his flowers, and who's on the schedule this week? Perfect for me, low-hanging fruit, the Houston Texans. Only a terrible team would struggle to beat the Houston <laughs> Texans. I mean, if you can't beat the Texans easily, easily, you really shouldn't even be in any sort of Super Bowl discussion That's the Niners all. lost to the Bears. Are they the Texans? How many wins do the Bears have? Is it more than I mean, the Texans? They, they lost to the Bears. Just to Did be they lose to them in, like, uh, a dome? They, they lost like, to the Bears. So the weather wasn't a factor at all? Let's let's all be and the the Eagles lost to what was at the time a very very bad Commanders team. So yeah, let's just all calm down a little bit. Like here. six or seven games. They're a playoff team. I'll just say that. Anyway, I'm taking the Chiefs. I don't care if the spread is 14 points. It could be 1400. I'm still taking the Chiefs. Wow. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just going to absolutely light it up, and then he's going to thrust himself right back in the front of this MVP conversation. Mm. He was the favorite, the DraftKings favorite to win the MVP before last week. I think he wants it. I think he's coming for it. This is a perfect opportunity for him to pad the stats a little bit. Give me the Chiefs, and I will give the 14 points. All right. Same game parlay time. We were so close last week. I really thought we were going to get it at one point during the game, but unfortunately <sighs> did not work out. BLG, you had Tyree Kill anytime touchdown score. That was a win for you. Unfortunately, I had the Chargers over 24 and a half and, and RJ, you had Eckler over 69 and a half receiving yards. Neither one of those things happened. So we're still trying to hit one of these damn same game parlays this year. We are going to try again for you, by the way, me and BLG tied at the top of the standings at six and eight RJ bringing up the rear at four and 10. 
This week, it's Giants and Commanders on Sunday Night Football. I'm going to go lead this thing off. Daniel Jones, anytime touchdown scorer. It's plus 290 right now. When Daniel Jones doesn't score a rushing touchdown, I feel like the Giants don't have a chance to win. Like, he has to score a rushing touchdown. for the, It's either him or Saquon. Otherwise, the Giants don't do anything. And I just think that whether it's a blowout or whatever the circumstances of the game are going to be, somehow Daniel Jones is going to find a way to run the damn ball into the end zone. So I'll take the anytime touchdown score, Daniel Jones, and I feel pretty good about it. Well, you said, unfortunately, stats about me hitting on the Tyreek Hill uh, leg of the same game. Probably, I mean, this is a team activity. We're trying to win the people money. It's not unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate that RJs did not hit, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Terry McLaurin anytime touchdown in this game. He actually only has uh, three this season. Can you believe that? Only three touchdowns for wow. Terry McLaurin, um, uh, you know. Not necessarily playing with the best quarterback, so that's part of it. But one of his came against the Giants when they played the Giants. And the Giants are very banged up at cornerback. Jory Jackson probably not going to play. Um, also, in the elsewhere in the secondary, uh, Xavier McKinney still out. Both Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown scored touchdowns last week, and the Eagles pretty much just scored at will in general. I think that Giants defense is leaky right now and having issues. I know the commander's offense isn't necessarily prolific, but I think Terry McLaurin is going to continue to be a key piece of this offense down the stretch. And I like his chances to get into the end zone. The commander is one of the best rushing teams in the NFL, kind of low key. Nobody really gives them credit for like being really good at anything. It's just like, Hey, they're, they're kind of figuring this out. Look at the commanders, Taylor Heineke. Oh, Ron Rivera. Ooh. But um, very good at, at moving the ball on the ground. Brian Robinson, a huge part of that. Um, I don't know that he's eligible. I think we've talked about this for a comeback player of the year, but I mean, I don't see why not. Like it's kind of mm. a, a ambig- you know, an ambiguous award. I mean, Totally deserves it, obviously. He is one of the better running backs on the NFL, and given the start to his season off the field, that is an incredible story. Um, He should win something at the very least. And I could totally see the commanders, you know, first possession of the game, just kind of moving, methodical, grinding things out. That's the kind of football they want to play, not take any big chances. It's a division game at home, blah, blah, blah. Brian Robinson, first touchdown of the game. We will know whether I hit or not soon enough. Plus 550, I believe in it. You know, we, we're trying to win people money. We got to get three picks right. BLG and I come in with some reasonable bets, and then all of a sudden, here comes RJ with the plus 550 bet. Stats, <laughs> let me be very clear here. Your your whole point here is like, oh, man, we really got to just focus to win these people money, and you are making sure that your leg that we have to depend on relies on Daniel Jones. That's the thing. Like, you're over here like, oh, Daniel man, Jones guys, likes. let's let's, right, let's be the, strong on this, and you're picking Daniel Jones. What the the best part of Daniel Jones' game. You're picking something that's plus 550. Vegas says, we only want 100 hours from you. We're so confident you're not going to get it right. If you happen to get it right, we'll give you five times your money. That's essentially the bet that you have made. No wonder we haven't hit one of these all year. It's all your fault, RJ. I hate you both. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will rip through all the games. This is an incredible sports weekend. Started last night. We got games tomorrow, World Cup final. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show, it is time to fly through all of the games coming up. We are going to give you our picks and analysis on every single one, unless one of us happens to get zapped. If that happens and you hear the little electrocution sound, there you go. We are not allowed to give any analysis. We can just make a pick. We can all zap each other. Steven Serto, Arrowhead Pride, Behind the Glass can zap one of us if he wants to have a little less editing to do. Okay, here we go. Go. We'll start with the Saturday games. The Colts are in Minnesota to take on the Vikings, RJ. Minnesota giving three and a half points. This was nearly your lock of the week, but you didn't have the stones to take the Vikings. No, I just it was too low-hanging fruit. And unlike you guys, I want to be a little bit clever and creative and, and feel proud of, of the, the locks and things that I lay out for people. Um, look, I understand that the Vikings are a bit fraudulent. I understand they have a negative point differential. Blah, 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 blah. Like, we all know all of this. We can all admit it. But they are not a team that is only three and a half point favorites better than, or, you know, against the Colts. You get my point? Like, this is disrespectful. Like, this is stupid. I mean, then that point has really nothing to do with the Vikings. I know that nobody wants to admit it. It's not fun. It's not cool. Kirk Cousins, they lost, to be very clear. He was on fire last week. Like, last week was one of the best games of Kirk Cousins' season. And that is objectively true. And so, like... I mean, he has maybe the best receiver in the NFL, certainly somebody who's in contention for it. The Colts have nothing. Like, the the, the idea that the Colts could come three and a half points within the Vikings is ridiculous to me. And so I I couldn't feel, like, a high level of integrity locking this up because the Colts are that bad. And I don't know why people are so lost within the Vikings-ness that they cannot just say, you know what, this is a good team. They're not this super stout team, but they're a good team. They are miles and miles and miles better than the Colts. I can't say the Colts are a team that still has anything to play for. I mean, the way they quit against the – they quit. They flat out quit against the Cowboys after hanging around early on. They just gave up at a certain point. <laughs> and I, I just don't trust anything they have going on. Um, so I will take the Vikings, not because I believe in the Vikings, uh, who, are, who are definitely frauds, but because for as much as I do not believe in Kirk Cousins, typically he at least can you know pad his stats like he does against the bad teams, and he'll be able to do more of that here as the Vikings cover. What do you mean the Colts have nothing to play for? Jeff Saturday wants to be the full-time head coach. Give me a break. This game is on a Saturday, by the way. Like, no, 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 no. Minnesota, I do think you are frauds, but damn, if you can't beat the Colts, like, come on. I'll take the Vikings, and I will give the points. Next up on Saturday, Ravens at the Browns. The Browns are getting three points in this game. The Ravens, like, what are the Ravens, BLG? The Ravens are a team that won by two points against the Steelers and Mitchell Trubisky, despite having a plus three in the turnover uh, margin. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's 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 concerning. Ravens are due 
for a loss here. Uh, they just can't keep getting away with this. They they they've not been trending in a good way. They've been playing with fire. I think it's going to catch up with him them in this spot because I think they've been like you know they've been getting away with some of these performances where they really should have lost. Not that the Browns are, are looking great right now, and certainly um, not, not a very rootable team. Uh, but I do think that they are better than the Ravens right now. They'll be able to run a lot, and I, I just. I can't take the Ravens here. And I, and I think this line is telling. I said this last week, I think about the Lions, Vikings line. I'm like, there's a reason why. I think people mm-hmm. might want to take their, oh, Ravens with the points. That's tempting. No, don't fall for that. There's a reason why the Browns are being favored here. I will take the Browns. I'm going to fall for it. Um, I think that sometimes <laughs> teams can be due for two different things, right? Like a pendulum can can swing one direction or the other. So I could totally see your point, Brandon. Like maybe they're due to just like get blown out or lose finally. I mean, they're three and one in their last four games. And those wins, like you said, are against the Steelers by the hair on their chinny chin chin. They barely, barely beat the Panthers. They barely beat the Broncos. And they, you know, they lost to the Jaguars. Although you could argue they lost because of the rightful aggression by Doug Peterson at the end of the game. But still, playing these really tight games against these teams is really discouraging. I could totally see, though, like, you know, them being due for just, like, domination and being like, well, that's the Ravens, right? Like, they finally showed up. This Browns team is really bad. I mean, and we obviously don't like them. I mean, what what is there to feel good about in a football sense about this Browns team? Obviously, you're dealing with Deshaun Watson still figuring things out. Amari Cooper isn't totally healthy. Yeah, you can run the ball. But I just, I mean, I, I don't think we're talking enough about the addition of, of Roquan Smith. Like, he's been the, the person traded that, like, has gotten the least amount of traction and discussion. The Ravens are an incredible defense against the run. So this is kind of like, you know, immovable object meets unstoppable force sort of thing. Um, I'll take the Ravens, though. I mean, I'm getting points. I definitely don't trust the Browns. I don't want to trust the Browns. Um, so I'll choose the Ravens. I agree, RJ. I'm taking the Ravens. I'll never pick the Browns to win anything as long as Deshaun Watson is there. In case you forgot, got suspended this year because he was accused of sexually assaulting, I don't know, 30, 50, 80. I forget the actual number, but it was an obscene amount of people. And so I'll never pick the Browns to win anything. I don't feel good about the Ravens, but they still have nine wins. They're still tied for a division lead. Like, this is what they do. They just find a way to win these games. They don't really impress you. But here they are, so I'll take the Ravens. I will take the points. The last game on Saturday, Dolphins in Buffalo to play the Bills. Bills giving a touchdown in this game, BLG. Josh Allen, maybe, possibly going to go on a little bit of a tear here? Uh, I think, yeah. Wow. Bills, minus seven. I already made my case stats in my lock of the week. I'll take the Bills. I think the 49ers broke the Miami Dolphins. They were never as good as they looked. I think that teams have basically adjusted to what Miami's been doing. Again, we're at that point in the year now. There's enough film out where defenses have said, okay, here's what they're doing. We're going to adjust. The best teams find a way to throw a counterpunch, and maybe Mike McDaniel will. He's certainly capable of it. But I think that the Dolphins are at an inflection point right now in their season. And it has not been going great, and it's not going to go great against Buffalo. So I will take the Bills and give the points. I do want to say one thing about Mike McDaniel. The stuff that I normally find annoying from people is endearing for him. Like the t-shirt thing, you know what I mean? Like everything he does that is like kind of silly and jokey. Like if it were anybody else almost, I would find it to be so eye-rolly. But I don't know what it is. Like I enjoy it from Mike McDaniel. Like I'm not in love with it. Like I think there are people who are taking it in and being like, he's the best, coolest coach in the NFL. But it is kind of cool and funny. He's different. At the very least, I appreciate that. Did you see the huge watch he wears during the game? It's massive. And I'm like, dude, what what do you need to know what time it is? You got somewhere you gotta be? I, I, I mean, yeah, he's it's strange. Um, 
you know, he, everybody made a big deal about the shirt and like them. Um, like, what did they do? Stats? They like lowered the temperature in their indoor training facility yeah, to like all the way to like yeah. sixty. Yeah, but, but he made a point that like I think about all the time. That's why like he he feels like a like a fan that is a head coach in some senses. Like he was like, well, do the Bills players like vacation in Buffalo? Like 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 his point was like this is cold for everybody. Like you know, I I do kind of like that and, and like his humor. Yeah, but that it's different, man. He's better like, than Kyle Shanahan. You're bitter. It's okay. You can't say like, oh, it's going to be the same for both teams. It's definitely going to feel colder for the Dolphins. Come on. I don't think that's true. That's stupid. Like, that's that's dumb. It's going to be equally cold for the two of them. You live in Texas, right, RJ? Yeah, but again, like... What's the temperature in Texas, right? No, but like what your statement is in, like, literally incorrect. Like, I might not be as accustomed to like, you know, living and operating in the cold, but it will be equally cold for me as it will be for you, somebody who lives in the Northeast. No, it's going to feel different no it but it will literally is. be equally cold like i'm saying my experience might be different but it might not be you know like that's like it's just it's silly the temperature is going to be the same but it's not going to feel the same for both people mm, okay all right let's move on to the sunday games detroit playing the jets the jets are giving two points we got a little bit of news as we're recording this show adam Schefter tweeted that mike white has not been cleared by the doctors so that means Everybody's least favorite quarterback, Zach Wilson, is back starting for the Jets. A little bit awkward. Mike White's been practicing. He said he was going to go. Like, he he had no doubt in his mind. Mm, think again. It is Zach Wilson against the Lions, BLG. I mean, Zach Wilson sucks. <laughs> That's, I mean, he just does. He's terrible. There's never been a, a moment where you're like, oh, I kind of see it. Zach Wilson, not really. No. Uh, the Lions are surging. It's real. RJ hates Dan Campbell, but Dan Campbell deserves credit um this whole lions team i mean they're just they're good like so you know i did my power rankings uh they're not this great week. they're they're they are i think the fourth best team in the nfc i think you can make that case i have them at eighth overall in my power rankings the only nfc teams i would put ahead of them are the cowboys the 49ers and then the eagles all the way at the top so they have a uh, losing record i think that's fair though I, yeah I'm, but like, like it's not about yeah the overall it's like look how they're playing right now they're playing really well and they're a formidable also like who are you putting over them you're putting I the, mean, vikings the vikings over them the vikings is beat. arguable yeah i mean that's that would be them. the one that but i know but that would be the one discussion point would be right so like you know i think they're they're don't look past the record they're they're the better team, I think, in this matchup when you factor in the quarterback, especially, and they're getting points. I'll easily take the points. RJ? Oh, I don't know. Um, I I'm kind of with Brandon on this. Um, I do think I, you said don't look past the record. I think you you meant to say look past the record. Like they're yes. not they're not this below 500 team. Like who they are today. I think they're they're the proverbial like I don't want to play them if they get hot. You know whatever. I don't know how long they can ride this, but. To Dan Campbell's credit, they have finally, and I've said this on the mixtape, I've said this here, they have finally become what everybody thought they were and, and give them a lot of credit for that. Like they are this spunky, plucky, cute, fun, funky team. Um, and it's cool. It's cool to see like all these like processes that we talk about. Like it didn't work out in Jacksonville. It didn't work out in Cleveland. Like it is starting to take hold in Detroit. And I think we're all cool with it because the Lions are this like down on their luck franchise. So we all are you know not threatened by it as a fan. Um, it's cool. It's fun. 
and dude, Zach Wilson, what? Like, these, this is an incredible week for Jeremy Reisman and Pride of Detroit. Seahawks <laughs> lose on Thursday night. Now you get this game against Zach Wilson. And so, like, we've seen the Lions, like, check all these boxes, right? Like, you know, be the be the spunky underdog. Win as a favorite. Well, now go crush this team. Go kick their ass. Like, this is Zach Wilson. Everybody thinks he sucks. Go prove to everybody that you really are the fourth best, third best, or fourth best, fifth best team in the NFC, whatever the case may be. Keep your playoff dreams alive. I love the Lions in this game. Yeah, let's see it, Lions. Let's see Jared Goff against a really good defense. See, like, you're doing that thing. Like, you're like, oh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is playing so much better than his reputation right now. Let me see Jared Goff do it against a good defense outside in December. When that dude gets hit a little bit, he turtles up. And trust me, I've lived it, man. The dude lived in my division, okay? It's one thing to be able to play well when you're in a dome and you're not facing a lot of pressure and everything is good, right? We've seen him play in a dome. We've seen him look good with Sean McVay, right? But in certain circumstances, he folds up like a tent. So let's see it. Here he come, Detroit. Big bad Detroit Lions. Losing record, six and seven. Everybody loves him, okay? All right, let's see it. Beat the Jets, a really good defense. And with Zach Wilson starting, you beat them, you even your record, maybe I'll start to believe. But until it happens, I'm not going to believe because you're well, the Lions and you've been Lionsing for my entire life. I it's, mean, I think it's fair to be a little bit skeptical for sure. And with Jared Goff. But like, again, I think you're selling this team a little short. They're 11th in DVOA. They are 12th in point differential. Like, you want to say losing care. record? Those, yeah, but those are, they're five and one in their last six games. The one loss was to the Bills on Thanksgiving where they, like, that was a very competitive game. Um, uh, and what was that in Detroit? Was that the one? It was in, oh, it was on Thanksgiving. It was in, it was in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's in Detroit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just think you're sleeping on them a little bit. Stats. What's also, what's your pick? Are you taking the Lions? I don't think you said your pick. Yeah. It's really scary. If it was Mike White. I oh, what a like, fraud. Oh my gosh. No what problem. a fraud. You can't even pick against them. Yeah. Cause Jared Goff could still play like crap, but he won't play to Zach Wilson <laughs> crap level. No, I'll take I do the think- Jets. I do think yeah. that that's the fu- a funny wrinkle to this game. It was two years ago that the Jets beat the Jared Goff-led Rams to knock themselves out of contention for the number one overall pick. Um, and when they had to ultimately settle for Zach Wilson, who will now start in this game. This That game was at New York. This game is at New York. Kind of fun little poetic symmetry here. I, I just imagine the Jets getting that news in the locker room and everybody being like, oh, <laughs> okay like it's like a downer like this guy was supposed to be your starting quarterback but that's where we are with the jets okay next up cowboys in jacksonville to take on the jaguars jags getting four points in this game rj cowboys coming off a putrid performance against the houston texans mm, they didn't lose to the chicago bears they routed the bears anyway um yeah i mean dallas overlooked them they took the is it took the cheese smelled the cheese bit the cheese whatever they they did everything with the cheese last week uh played down to the texans they needed one i don't think yard. it smelled the cheese i don't it's well they smelled themselves you know whatever um they they put themselves in a position to need a 98 yard touchdown drive at the very end they got it they got an incredible goal line stand right before that uh but yeah it was 57 55 minutes of really bad football all the way up until that point um, if it hadn't been for that, I would feel more like this was a trap game, you know, because this is the game before their game against the Eagles. Obviously, the Micah comment this week that everybody made a big deal over. Um, so I, I think they kind of already had their trap game, if that makes sense. I don't know if either of you know this. Uh, I don't know if I said it on the mixtape. The Cowboys have never won in Jacksonville. Kind of a weird, funky storyline. They've only technically played there once. Um, their second trip to, to play the Jaguars was in London in 2014. Um, that was Terrell Owens' debut that day. So it was a very, very long time ago for the Cowboys I did say that on the mixtape now that I bring that up um 
I, I, I think this is, I equated it to Philly's game against the Packers. They lost to the commanders. The Eagles did. They really struggled against the Colts the following week. We were all starting to ask all these questions. Are they for real? They came out and, and it was kind of a weird game, but throttled the Packers in the overall. I know the Jaguars are, are really, you know, fun and coming off a big win from a week ago, but it was two weeks ago that they got routed by the team that you hate stats in the Detroit Lions. Trevor Lawrence playing well. Doug Peterson knows the Cowboys. Um, the line a little bit you know, more shy than I thought it would be, or, you know, a few weeks ago, at least um, I'm taking Dallas to cover. Um, I think that, you know, they generally respond well to a bad moment like that and lock in. I think they do that this week. Well, you know, the Cowboys have Micah Parsons it's been a little quiet lately. There's some people out there saying, you know, they could, they wish they could trade uh, Micah Parsons and a first round pick for Nick Bosa. Specifically uh, Fooch. So much. RJ Ochoa actually <laughs> tweeted that, so that was really interesting. That tweet has 11,000 <laughs> likes. Can you please, just because in case nobody knows, can you please, stats, since you'll be objective about it, say what happened? Because I don't need this perpetuated. There's an article about it. You can read the article right. on SBNation.com. So here's what happened. If for anybody that doesn't know, Thank you, all year we make picks for SB Nation, and RJ just happened to be watching Nick Bosa and realized how much better of a player he is than Micah Parsons <laughs> and tweeted out that he would trade Parsons and a first round pick for Nick Bosa, a smart, logical tweet and 11,000 people agreed with him. And now it's taken off and everybody thinks that RJ actually wants to trade Micah Parsons. You know Parsons. what the worst part about this? There, there were different subsets of like interactions with this. There were the people that were like, oh, you're stupid, right? Like, fine, I can totally deal with that. There were the people that were like, blink if you need help. Like, that was funny. Haha. There were the people who thankfully understood everything and read through all of the tweets that were a part of the thread. But the worst part was the people, and not just Niners fans, because obviously and of the, a lot of them found it. The worst part was all the people that are like, you know what? This makes sense. Like, I got <laughs> so many people that were like agreeing with it. And they were yeah. like, and then like all these people were arguing with one another. And I was like attached to it all. It's, it's been a really, really, really frustrating experience. Lesson learned here. Don't lose the SB Nation expert picks. Because if you do, you have to tweet out something like this. And people never seem to realize that you're just doing it to pay off the bet. Even if you attach it in a thread immediately after your tweet like RJ did. And yet, here we are. Uh, BLG, what do you like in this game? Jags are 5-8, and eight, but they're 13th, believe it or not, in point differential. 18th in DVOA. So, you know, arguably a little bit better than their record would indicate. Also, I think maybe not being talked about enough. Jags are not dead in the AFC South. Like everyone has assumed the Titans are just going to win that because they had this big lead. And at the time that was safe to assume, but the Titans are really taking on water. They're banged up in a big way. They fired their GM. Like the vibes there are like kind of questionable. They're not great. Um, is it really like inconceivable they, that they might bench Tannehill at one point? Like, so I, I just don't know for sure about the Titans who just lost to the Jags and then have to play the Jags again in week 18. Titans still and have the a, Cowboys you know, like, right before that. Just sure for the, they have a really good chance, Titans still, of holding on. But, like, the Giants, I mean, sorry, the, the Jags could make a run here. And if they're going to make a run, why not start it by beating the Cowboys here and going on this impressive stretch? Cowboys should have lost to the Texans. Should have lost. Texans on the freaking one-yard line do not sneak the ball. Just pathetic. <laughs> I mean, like, sneak it. And if you don't get it, guess what? You can sneak it again. And you'll take two chances with sneaks over handing the ball off backwards to Is Rex. Is a look Burkett ahead or the look back? In the backfield. I mean. <laughs> anyway, but like, I, I think there are some current concerning things there. I said famously on the mixtape leading up to last week's game, I'm not afraid of Dak. He's making mistakes. And he might make some more mistakes. And Doug Peterson, I'm going to count on him to come through and deliver an upset. At the very least, this game, I think, will be competitive. He'll make it close. So I'll take the points. But I'm going to say he pulls off the upset outright. 
Jags Ooh. win. You I took do... the Cowboys in the aforementioned SB Nation NFL expert pick. So those are money line, right? Yeah, but he took the yeah. Jaguars to win here outright. Yeah, right. So. I think the Doug Peterson aspect of this is fascinating because I wouldn't really give the Jags that much of a shot to win. But the fact that Peterson does have some familiarity with the Cowboys. And I'll tell you what, I've been skeptical of Trevor Lawrence all year long. If you can go out and beat the Cowboys, like RJ said, after they had their sort of kind of wake up moment last week. That would be damn impressive for Trevor Lawrence to go do it against the Cowboys defense. That is very, very good. I against Micah Parsons, who I think like he knows he's slipping a little bit in the defensive player of the year conversation. Show me something, Trevor Lawrence. You're supposed to be the number one pick. This can't miss guy. Let's see it against the Cowboys a little bit. I don't think you're going to do it. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to give the points. Uh, I'm no fan of Mike McCarthy, but I agree with RJ in that, like, I just, I can't see the Cowboys coming out flat two weeks in a row. And if they do, how nervous are you going to be, RJ, if if they come out flat two weeks in a row? I mean, there's pros and cons, not pros, but like there's, you know, spin zone, I guess. Um, it will be frustrating, obviously, because all that was said, at least that I said, you know, after Thanksgiving was like, okay, four of their final six games are against the crummy AFC South, right? So, you know, they, they, they blew out the Colts in the fourth quarter, but that game was kind of close for the first three quarters. They should have mm-hmm. lost to the Texans, but they didn't. Um, and if they did actually lose to the Jaguars, that would be concerning. Um, I told Brandon on the mixtape, uh, when it came to the Jaguars and Titans, I'm more concerned about the Jaguars game than I was a week ago or two weeks ago, and I'm less concerned about the Titans game than I was at that exact same time. So they've kind of switched. Um, yep. And if, if Dallas can get through this game, you know, you feel a little bit better about their chances, obviously, just to kind of sew things up. If the Cowboys do lose and if the Eagles, I know we're going to get to their, uh, to that game, but if they win, um, the NFC East isn't over, but it's it's kind of effectively over. And so it, that's what I'm saying. Like the spin zone would be, okay, now you you can kind of let go of that that chase that you have for the for the division for the one seed whatever and you can kind of lock yourself into the five seed and you can manufacture your own buy your own rest period you're you know down near the final two weeks last week of the regular season mm-hmm. settle into the five seed cowboys fans all right let's go to chicago what did the now niners do last year Stas? eagles are coming to t- the niners got to the nfc championship game i know as the five seed something the cowboys haven't done since 1995 oh, no, they, were, they were the six seed right the Niners last year? Last year? Uh, no, they, they were, were the, the five. Seed. Yeah, they okay. were the six. They were the second to you last. Don't even know yeah. you're saying what a fraud. What a yeah. loser. Wow. Eagles in Chicago to take on the Bears. Bears getting nine points in this one. Justin Fields has been a little plucky. Are you willing <laughs> to come off your field stance at all, BLG? Give me a matchup in this game that you think favors the Bears. The coin toss. <laughs> the fact that the Bears are coming off a bye. The fact that it's a home game for the Bears. Like I don't know, man. It's tough to look at the matchups on paper and you know football's not played on paper but let's say justin fields has an awesome game okay great what is the bears defense which do you know what the bears sack leader this year can you name the who leads the bears in sacks i know you can't it's jaquan brisker a rookie safety he has three sacks wow do you know their defensive lineman like the, the top defensive lineman in sacks this year on their team two so, like, this defensive line is terrible, and I just think that's a huge mismatch with what the Eagles have going on. Um, and the Eagles are rolling. Like, it wasn't just that they beat um, – well, let me phrase it this way. The Titans and the Giants, the Eagles dominated in the past two weeks. It wasn't like those teams were making massive mistakes and shooting themselves in the foot and really hurting themselves. There was only one turnover combined in those two games, and it was in garbage time last week against the Giants. So the Eagles are just like dominating teams on their own. They're not just relying on the other team beating themselves. I think the Bears are a team that might be beating themselves to some extent for as much praise as Justin Fields has gotten. 
He has um, six interceptions in his last seven games. And I think the Eagles are going to very much try to put this game on him throwing the ball. That's the formula for victory. Like, make him throw. If he's going to go off for 350 yards passing, then fine. You'll 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 live with that if he does that. But you just can't let him run, which is easier said than done. Who's uh, he going to throw it to? <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the thing, by the way. Chase Claypool has not practiced this week. Like, their leading receiver in terms of guys who are available is Equinemius St. Brown. He's like 280-something yards. There's just I just don't really see it with the Bears. I don't see what they have off this upset um the eagles just dropped 48 last week that was without dallas goddard who they're getting back like i think the eagles can score enough against a defense that ranks 32nd in dvoa it's a very bad defense and the eagles score i think they win and it sets up a very big game next week on christmas eve eagles versus cowboys fun narrative um brewing you got doug peterson playing the cowboys this week could kind of impact that christmas eve game between dallas and philadelphia obviously and matt eberflus former cowboys pseudo defensive coordinator the head coach of the bears you know with a chance to to, you know because that's the thing like i know obviously no eagles fan wants this but like the theater associated with an eagles loss and cowboys win this week would be incredible like if the eagles did lose this week and and set up a division one seed you know bowl next week Next week would be the most incredible electric week of NFL coverage that at least you and I have ever had, I think, Brandon, outside of, you know, any sort of playoff situation. I know the Eagles in the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, it's hard. It's really hard. As much as I would love to, like, kind of talk myself into it, it's really difficult. Uh, we've said for weeks, obviously, that it, it would take some sort of, like, Justin Fields, like, you know, you mentioned 350 yards passing, but, like, I think, like, 278 yards rushing. Like, it would, it would have to be this incredible, like, oh, my gosh, like, you, you like, Scott Hansen cuts there. Like, Justin Fields had his second rushing touchdown over 55 yards in this game. Like, it would, <laughs> it would have to be, like, this incredible sort of thing. And that's not to say that's impossible because nothing is, but it just really, really, really is unlikely. I will take the Eagles. I will lay the points. And I just wanted to say, because I saw this while we were on, uh, our friends at Pat of Detroit tweeted that Lions were two-point underdogs um, before we started this. They are now one-point favorites. That is what Zach Wilson <laughs> has done to the line. So God, he's like such a detriment to his own team. Uh, I agree with everything you guys have said about this one. Justin Fields would absolutely have to be Superman for the Bears to even have a shot. Or Jalen Hurts would have to do something that he hasn't done all year, which is yeah. just completely implode and turn the ball over. I don't see that happening. But I, I kind of agree with you, RJ. Like, I want the chaos. A good Eagles-Cowboys game with stakes. As somebody that doesn't root for a team anywhere close to that division, like, it's awesome. It's just so good. There's such a hatred there. Like, I would love it, well, but I just don't think like, we're going to see it. The we, the game we're coming off of, the Niners in Seattle, that week 17 game in 2019, that was for the same situation, right? Now, granted, it was the end of the regular season, but winner is, is the division winner and the one seed. Loser yep. is the five seed. Like, it would be like those situations are so interesting, especially among division rivals. Um, I will say that. You you met you said name one matchup working in the Bears' favor, Brandon. Um, you, like the energy, the universe, because you this is your reckoning. The way the Broncos came for me last year, um, after I talked all that crap and just destroyed the Cowboys, <laughs> this is Justin Fields coming for you in a like in a, in a moment that would pull the rug out to set up that Cowboys Eagles, you know, sort of consequence you don't want. I think that's the thing, though, RJ. Like I think he could have an amazing game, and the Bears' defense is just so bad, like it might not matter still. But and then wouldn't it be hilarious though if the Bears defense was that bad? And so like the, the narrative was like Justin Fields all on his own with no help took down the Eagles. It would it would be Hey, if he does it, credit to him. Oh, now we're talking credit to him. Okay. Well, if he does it, it's a bit tall task. <laughs> Next up, the Falcons go to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints minus four, RJ. This game is Snap. <laughs> um Saints. 
lay the points. What do you got, Stats? I'm excited to see Ritter. Like, I'm all set with Marcus Mariota. So at least if it's on, like, that's something to watch. But the Saints are terrible. I hate the Saints. I always will. I make no apologies for it. That said, they're going to win this game. I'll take the Saints and give the points. I I think I've just gone against like ever betting on the Falcons because they just they lose they what do they do they lose better than anyone and especially <laughs> in painful fashion so why am I gonna like bet on that I I, just, I can't do that I know the Saints are not good but I I just it's more about not trusting the Falcons um I, watch this you know, like a Saints win by three points naturally that's how it would go they'll win and not even cover um I will mention Eagles own the Saints first round pick if you didn't oh know that God. and it's currently at number five overall right. so really rooting against my pick here would love to see a falcons win but uh falcons did by the way have a big lead over the saints all the way back in week one and then blew it as the saints came back because that's what the falcons do uh we'll be interested to see Ritter. Ritter, i agree with you on that i just i don't i don't think i can give him the benefit of the doubt from the start i want to you know stats your big theme of this episode is like let me see it let me see it before i start to say oh desmond ritter maybe he is good yeah, but at least it's something because otherwise I wouldn't care about this game at all. So at least sure. if if Scott Hansen is going to be cutting to this game, like oh, there's something to hope for anyway. Uh, next up, Steelers and Panthers. Panthers hosting this game, giving two and a half points. I mean, the Steelers, like, what, what are we doing here? You I would mean, have to say one of our names to ask one of us to step up. This. Step up, RJ. Um the Steelers are really bad, but I think we've let ourselves like run away with this Panther storyline a little mm. quickly, right? Like we we do that sometimes like, oh, well, now like, you know, X team is like and is in a position and like the Panthers are playing really well. I think Steve Wilkes deserves a lot of credit. I hope he winds up getting that head coach job full time in the offseason. Um, that being said, you know, stats, you and I both hyped up the Ravens. The Steelers did play them tough. I mean, without Kenny Pickett, like that's that's worth mentioning. And like this is the without Mike Tomlin's Pickett. What a big well, loss that is. He's, the I mean, he's better than Trubisky. Yeah, he's their starting quarterback. You're over here gassing up Brock Purdy. Like, you should give, you know, the Steelers some credit for I'm doing this. I'm not gassing up Brock Purdy. No, I'm a exactly Brock what you said. Play the tape. Anyway, uh, <sighs> this is my moment to speak stats. You asked me to step up. Um, so, yeah, like, this is like a Steelers thing. Like, oh, like, would-be team coming in here with, like, a Cinderella vibe. Like, let's crush them. Let's end them. You know what I mean? Like, that. I I, I think we're, we're kind of, like, forgetting that. The Steelers have to win out if they want to protect Mike Tomlin's precious never-finished-below-500 record. I'll take the Steelers on this one. Um, I just don't think... I mean, we're gonna we're gonna rely on Sam Darnold as a favorite. Like we're gonna do that. It, it, you know, just it, it feels wrong. Um, so I'll take the Steelers. I think the Panthers have a little bit more to play for, though, in terms of you know NFC South is still open for them, especially. The <laughs> but they Bucks could South lose this, and it would still be open for them. <laughs> that is also true. But I think there's something to how they're playing better lately. I think there's something to Matt Rule being gone and him being a big problem there. Again, I'm not the biggest Darnold believer, but I don't know something about this Panthers team. They've been a little bit. Uh, I believe in them a little bit. And with the if Kenny Pickett was fully healthy, then maybe I feel better about the Steelers. But he's been limited in practice this week, he's splitting reps apparently with like Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph might play. I don't want to put my any faith in Mason Rudolph, uh, so I will take the Panthers here. There's people on the Steelers campaigning for Mason Rudolph to start over no. Mitchell Trubisky, which is why. Just, I mean, I, I don't really care. Friendship. I'm not a Trubisky. I never understood why people thought Mr. Trubisky was suddenly going to be good. We talked whatever. about it because he had this the former second overall pick vibes. Like if you have that, that <laughs> right. will carry you a long way. He had some life. good preseason games behind Josh Allen in Buffalo. He, he um, was on a Bills team that was very good. That right. was his biggest quality. Stupid. Uh, I don't think that the Panthers are going to be able to run for 200 yards on the Steelers like they did on the Seahawks. So 
I really don't feel good about this game either way. And maybe this is just my bias of the Steelers generally not being a tire fire for my entire life, but I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm getting the points. I don't feel great about it though. Uh, This could easily come back to bite me next up. Where are we on my list? I totally, Oh, there we go. Chiefs Texans final game. Everybody knows where I stand. I took the chiefs in my lock of the week. Texans are getting 14 points. BLG. Yeah, the Chiefs aren't uh, always the best at covering the spread. They do win a lot. And the Texans are just terrible. It'd be really embarrassing to like almost lose to that team. Really embarrassing. Um, so uh, I think the the, the Chiefs uh, are going to bounce. They did not cover against the Broncos, notably, as I said, not the best at covering. But I do think they cover here. And the Texans are just terrible. What are they going for them? Not much. I will take the Chiefs. I'll keep it short and sweet. Um. This has nothing to do with this game, but I just saw it. Robert Sala spoke about Zach Wilson this morning and said he's the same quarterback that once went 18 for 18 in a bowl game. That's his exact quote. Um, so um, so he didn't get better from college? <laughs> I mean, just that same player. I'm just, like, yeah, what that's, that's what actually bowl? right. Was it the Cheez-It Bowl? Like, what, what are we talking about? That is so mean to the Cheez-It Bowl. By the way, uh, SBNation.com, Mark Scofield and JP Acosta did a great job ranking every single bowl game by watchability. Everybody should check that out. But um, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, I trust them. Um, I, I, I just I trust the Chiefs. I don't trust the Texans, obviously. Um, I do want to give Steven some credit because it, it happened in a weird way. But Steven said, like, it would be ugly against the Broncos if the Chiefs would, would kind of pull away. You did say they would cover Steven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, you know, it generally was kind of along the vibe that you painted. Um, do you think they cover in this game or do you think it's more of the same? I think they will cover in this game because yeah. the Texans are so bad. And I understand they're coming off of that near shocker against the Dallas Cowboys. But they have a really long injury list this week. Damian Pierce likely isn't going to play. Brandon Cooks is up in the air. Nico Collins probably isn't going to play. They're also going to be missing Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson. They're two starting (laughs) cornerbacks against the Chiefs. So it's just going to be ugly for the Houston Texans. And you can run all over them if you want to. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to do whatever they want offensively. So I think they cover pretty easily. This also sets up for the, like, after the Chiefs throttle the Texans, they're like, see, that's what a good team does against the Texans. Look at the <laughs> Cowboys. Exactly like, gonna it's totally going to happen this, this week. So. Yeah, bounce back against a one-win team. That's right. what it's yeah. all about. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Let's get to the late games. Titans on the road in L.A. to take on the Chargers. Chargers giving three points. How comfortable do you feel giving the Chargers three points in this one, RJ? Very. Um, the Chargers did it Ooh. last week. They stepped up. You know, wow. finally, as a complete and total team, last week was maybe the best I've ever felt about the Chargers. Um, and so very, very happy for that. Very happy to see Justin Herbert, you know, get get a moment where he was surrounded by everybody. Long said he is very talented, but, you know, we're, tw- Twitter just gets a little bit annoying with this. I mean, like, mm. with this, but but it was an opportunity for the Chargers to deliver. They finally did. I feel like it was the best Brandon Staley game. Um, Keenan Allen said in the post game interview with Melissa Stark that he felt like it was the the most like functional, the most complete they've been all season long on offense, defense, and special teams. And like, yeah, if you play great, you know, on every phase of the ball, you, <laughs> you're probably going to win. Uh, but but it did it did feel that way. And so like, okay, like this is I guess to use your word stats, like show it to me, Chargers, show it to me. Like, oh, you know, this Titans team is is really really running on fumes right now go beat them keep yourself alive in the playoff race like your time is now like you really are this great team you do have this great quarterback you have these great weapons around him find a way get into the tournament the Chargers I think we all think could be a team that like goes to Arrowhead in the, in the wild card round if, if Kansas City doesn't get the bye and, and like upsets them be that team do it realize your potential we want that so badly 
Yeah, Chargers are seriously banged up. I mean, it looks like they're going to have no Traylon Burks again. Christian Fulton starting cornerback out. Titans are banged um, up. Sorry. I, what do I keep? Well, I mean, the Chargers are banged up too. That is also <laughs> not untrue. I mean, in terms of their IR, you know, if we're including that. And also, Derwin James has not practiced this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just think the, the Titans are not trending in a good direction right now. They, they really are not. And I think they might lose control of the AFC South. I think that's like a, an ongoing theme for them here. So I will take the Chargers, who are surging a little bit as they're trying to get a wild card spot. Uh, I have more faith in them right now than I do the Titans. Give me the Chargers minus three. If it was two and a half, I'd feel so much better. I think the Chargers win the game. And I'll just say this. Please, Chargers, win this game. Like, I don't want to see the Patriots in the playoffs. How Don't you want to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs more than Mac freaking Jones? Like, come on. We, you got to do it just for the watchability, Chargers. I think this game you know, sort of swings the Sean Payton pendulum in a weird way. Because the Chargers mm-hmm. win this game, like, it really improves their playoff standing and their playoff positioning, obviously. I mean, like, if it's not L.A. and Dallas, which were the two kind of, like, hot teams at the beginning of the season, like, where is Sean Payton going? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be so underwhelming if he returned to New Orleans? Yeah. With I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like after, but like, after all, <laughs> after, but like, after all that is like, oh, well, New Orleans, like, you know, it's just, it would, or like, you just took a year off. Yeah. yeah like, like, what, what and was like, the that point? Would, I'm not saying Dennis Allen is a great coach, but like, that would be kind of mean <laughs> like to do to Dennis Allen. And like, you're going to go to Indianapolis, you're going to go to Denver and like coach Russell Wilson. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big Brandon Staley fan, but like, I do kind of want to see the Chargers like stir the pot a little bit here. Um, I don't know. I can't believe nobody's ever been zapped when it comes to the Chargers. That's unfortunate. All right. Still plenty of time. Bengals in Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Bucks getting three and a half points. No matter how much the Buccaneers lose, they continue to be in line to win the division and make the playoffs, RJ. I agree with Brandon early on um, in that Joe Burrow is an intimidating quarterback. He's kind of the most hiding in plain sight um, sort of star player in the NFL right now. Um, I think he's the biggest threat to take the MVP away from Jalen Hurts and, and he's got kind of the path if if Kansas City you know falters a little bit um the Bengals play the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football the final Monday Night game of the season in the penultimate yep. week of the regular season and we all know how MVP is like it's 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 you had to have had a great season you had to have had a big moment you know really late in the year and I you know I'm not saying he wasn't deserving but Joe Burrow got hot late last year and that's how he stole comeback player of the year rightfully so and so you could kind of see like if, if Jalen did have a bad game against the Cowboys like we've talked about Brandon before on the mixtape you could see like fate working out that way for Joe Burrow and th- this could be even though the, the Bucks are so bad like well he beat Tom Brady he destroyed Tom Brady look at Joe Burrow like he's just adding another one like I don't know how you don't pick the Bengals right now they are really really finding themselves I'm not a big Zach Taylor fan but I think he deserves a lot of credit like they've kind of stabilized and now he helps them I didn't feel like he ever did anything that, that helped them before um, I'll take the Bengals so since October 2nd the Buccaneers have scored just their highest point total since getting blown out by the Chiefs in a 41 to 31 game it's 22 points. I mean, this offense is just such a slog. Like, it's tough to watch. Um, I just don't trust it. Whereas the Bengals, again, they have multiple ways they can win with Burrow and the passing attack and the running game. And I, I just, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're from a vibes perspective and how bad things have been with the Bucks. I just feel like we're almost due for the Bucks to drop out of that top spot in the NFC South. Maybe it's the Panthers who get it. And it's like, why did Tom Brady come back? He ret- he unretired for this. So he could not even win like the worst division in the league. That'd be like so pathetic. So I'm rooting for it. And again, <laughs> when it comes down to like if you power rank the most intimidating quarterbacks right now, Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts is at the top, obviously. But then uh Joe Burrow is right up there along with Mahomes and Hurts. And 
I'd even might put them above Josh Allen right now, but certainly close. So yeah, I'll take the it's my lock of the week. I'll take the Bengals to win. By the way, we're so due for like a, a stat that's like the last time Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both played every game of the regular season and both missed the playoffs, like blah 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Like we're on the verge of that happening right. here. Andy Lock breaks were invented or some, some right. crazy thing like that. <laughs> um yeah, you gotta give Cincinnati credit. Nine and two in their last eleven games. They've gotten better as the season has gone along. They're playing their best football at the most important time of the year. And I just don't see how the Buccaneers do it. I mean, their offense is bad. They don't throw the ball deep down the field. They don't even look like they like each other. Like it's it's really weird. Mike Silver had a crazy note in his column after they lost to the 49ers. The Tom Brady meets with Byron Leftwich. Before the game, they like make changes to the game plan and Todd Bowles doesn't find out about them until the game starts. Like what the hell's going on? That is a really weird situation. I don't like anything happening with the Buccaneers right now. Cincinnati is playing great football. I have confidence in Joe Burrow to win any kind of game they need to win. If it's close, he can pull it out. If they need to put up, you know, 35 points, he can do that too. I will take Cincinnati and I will give the points. Next up, the Patriots are in Vegas to take on the Raiders. The Raiders are giving a point as Josh McDaniel faces his old squad. RJ? Thank goodness this game is not on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> um, I, I have, like, like stats. You mentioned, like, oh, you're not, like, affiliated or connected to the Cowboys-Eagles thing. But, like, you're like, that would be so awesome, like, as a football fan to watch this. Like, I have zero interest in the Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick. Like, I, there's nothing, no juice to it, nothing whatsoever that I find interesting anything like that the Raiders I want to believe in I want to take the Raiders I just can't I I I can't feel like clean about doing this I'll take the Patriots especially if I'm getting a point but like this game is is silly and stupid and whatever it's it's going to happen that's all I can say about it Patriots have two wins over teams this year with winning records it's the Jets with Zach Wilson in twice so <laughs> uh not the most impressive resume resume by the Patriots there Although they can beat the bad teams. I think the Raiders are a bad team. So I will take the singular point that I'm getting here. If Bill Belichick walks up to Josh McDaniels at midfield before the game starts and says, hey, you want to come back and be the offensive coordinator? Like, does Josh take it on the spot? Like, that might happen. It's I'm so sick of I'm so sick of Patriots storylines. I'm like, oh, did you know Matt Patricia wears a number two pencil behind his hat? Like, I'm so sick of all of this. It's so tired. The Raiders stink. Get over this Derek. Like Derek Carr is the absolute worst quarterback for you to have for your franchise because he's not terrible enough for you to get a high draft pick, and he's not good enough for you to do anything with. And that's just they're just in this purgatory if you're the Raiders. I don't care about this game at all. Vegas is giving a point. I guess I'll take the Patriots. Okay, but I'm not going to spend a second of time thinking about this game. One more game on the Sunday slate at least for the late games, and that's Cardinals at Broncos. Just when I thought there was a game I couldn't care about less than Patriots Raiders, here come the backup quarterbacks, BLG. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, Cardinals? Perfect. RJ? I guess the Cardinals. Man, like, what a gross. Like, I just... The vibe, I don't know that there are vibes left in Denver. Like, everybody is mad. Like, everybody hates everything 
in Denver. I, I'm fascinated to watch that offseason unfold. Um, I don't know that anybody's watching the Cardinals, and we didn't even mention Steve Keim and the medical leave he's taking. I mean, like, who, who's in a worse spot? Is it like, who? what coach is, is going to get handed his walking papers first? You know what I mean? Like, this is just a gross game, but I'll take the, the Cardinals, I guess, because of Colt McCoy. Yeah, I'll take the Cardinals because of Colt McCoy also, but I agree. And just as an organization, so your GM is taking a medical leave of absence. Your head coach may or may not get fired. The head, the quarterback hates the head coach, by the way, and that quarterback is going to have to come off ACL surgery. The Cardinals are in a terrible spot just as a franchise, and this game is utterly unwatchable. Sunday night football, Giants at the Commanders. Commanders giving four and a half points. This is a massive, massive game for playoff implications. An old school NFC East game, BLG. You're going to go with Big Blue, or are you going to go with the Commanders? Yeah, I didn't lock this up because I don't know for sure if they will cover. It could be a field goal kind of game, but like I am locking up the the outright or the the straight the money line outcome. That the money line is a lock. Take commanders. We, we call money that line. picking the game around here, yeah, Brandon. You're I know, picking anyway. the game, picking the winner. Yeah, of I'm the game. locking the winner of the game, regardless of the score, and it's going to be the commanders. The commanders have had now three weeks to prepare for the same opponent with a buy in there. Um, the commanders are healthier. They have just more going on for them the giants have very much struggled for a while now their one win in their last what is it like six games now is a one score game over the texans that was at home like that's that's the best thing they can say they have recently so um i mean again last week was not just like a fluke it wasn't just about like the giants making a ton of mistakes like they got dominated destroyed by the eagles and um i think they're going to be a little bit more competitive in this one but ultimately not enough the Giants' identity is Saquon, as it was earlier in the season, and he's not healthy, and he's just not the same player he was earlier on this year. The Commanders, meanwhile, still have their identity intact. They will win this game, and this is a massive game. It's like the winner of this uh, of this game, their playoff odds go up about to like 90%, and the loser drops to like 30%. So it's a Oof. massive game. I think the Commanders are going to win it. Um. You know, we talk so much about like, I could see it like that's possible. Like, like we sit here and we're like, this is, you know, incredibly infinitesimally small likelihood. But, you know, Justin Fields could have like an amazing rushing performance to beat the Eagles as infinitesimally small of an outcome as that is. I think that's more likely than the Giants like getting it together here. The Giants are so bad stats. They were seven and three on Thanksgiving Day and they might miss the playoffs. Think about <laughs> that. Like, it's inconceivable to imagine that happening. It is actually impossible to believe that that would happen, but here they are. That's, I mean, they might beat the Colts. Like, we, we, we don't know that they're going to beat the Vikings next week, but, like, they, they might be the Colts two weeks from now. Maybe they've, they've really quit and kind of mailed it in by that point in time. Who knows? Um, I do think, you know, as it relates to the NFC East, and everyone can obviously listen to the mixtape on any of the four SB Nation NFC East blog podcast networks around here. This game also has like a huge, like, you know, butterfly effect because whoever wins, whoever loses, it will impact their standing, obviously, in week 18. Like who's who's maybe playing for that seven seed, who's maybe locked in. Dallas visits Washington in week 18. Philly hosts the Giants. And if if things do break, if, I mean, if every game winds up being important, like all of these little tiny details wind up mattering. And you look back on kind of like that Teddy Bridgewater article you wrote a few years ago, Brandon, like the trade that spawned all sorts of different domino effects. Um, it's just so I, I, I don't feel good. Like and I'm I'm so not down on Brian Dable, but I feel so less convicted in him than I did at the beginning of the season. And I feel really convicted in Ron Rivera. OK, I've said my piece. Commanders. Brian Dable's done a great job. He He's, you know 
getting through it with smoke and mirrors early on. I think that's caught up to him. It's not a knock on him. He doesn't have the horses. That roster is terrible. It's been terrible for a long time. This is still a good season for the Giants. I just think the commanders are the better team. They have the better quarterback. And I'll take the commanders. I'll give the points in this one. I just think the Giants, they held it together with duct tape for as long as they could, but eventually it falls apart. I think that's what we're starting to see right now. Last game of the week, Rams at the Packers, Monday Night Football. No analysis, just the pick. RJ. This is a good night to do your final bits of Christmas shopping, but the Green Bay Packers will win. The Baker Mayfield hype is for real. Rams oh. plus seven. Wow. Okay. That was um, a sentence. Aaron Rodgers won't go away just yet. I'll take the Packers and they will cover the spread. That's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL show. Please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you haven't done so already, it really, really makes a big difference. If you leave a review, I promise we will read it on the show. Gentlemen, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Terrible luck to both your teams. The Niners are NFC NFC West champs. NFC champions. You messed up. It's stupid. You undid it. And we'll see you in the Super Bowl. All right. Come with me.